So glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com, where you find all the bargains. Coming up later, Clark Stinks, where you get to hear where you may feel I didn't do my job as well as I could, or I just really stunk it up. So I need to make you aware of something that we've only really heard about with drug dealers, prisoners, burner phones. If you know what a burner phone is, you can go into a convenience store now, so many of them, you can walk into um, a discount store, walk into an electronic store, and you can buy a prepaid phone, sometimes for like a really basic one, 10 bucks or so, you can buy used ones, and you just put in a uh, prepaid SIM card in it, or what a lot of people will do is they only use Wi-Fi for a burner phone and allow somebody to have another phone that they use for any of another number of purposes. It has become quite the rage, apparently, with people that are uh, engaged in a relationship outside of their uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner, marriage, whatever. I'm not trying to give you any ideas, but... Burner phones have become this thing that people do. And I found out from my son, it's now something that's going on in middle school. That there are a lot of parents that don't want their kids running around on social media or uh, don't want their kids staying up late on a phone. And so they buy these burner phones and... There are enterprising uh, kids in school that are buying phones and they're making money by selling them to other kids at a markup, old phones that they buy. And in the midst of this, there was a story in the Wall Street Journal about uh, that it was concentrating on high school kids whose parents have tried to restrict their access to their smartphones or tried to limit their screen time or keep them off social media. And what parents don't know is this burner market has gotten so big that you may find a stray phone somewhere when you're trying to restrict your kids' access. And with very little money, they can buy a prepaid SIM card usually for less than $10, where they're able to have some data access away from home, and then at home or wherever they go, they just put their phone on the Wi-Fi, and they're able to stay connected through social media and various texting apps. These texting apps and email apps are encrypted, so even if you as a parent wanted to know what they were up to, you're not going to know. So I want you to know as a parent that this is going on with uh, kids starting at about age 12. There may even be some enterprising elementary school kids that are using burner phones. But 
you need to know as a parent so often, even if we have a kid that we say, oh, she's such a good kid or he's such a good kid. There are things that go on with an adolescent that if we're not savvy and we're not watching, they're up to. Shannon's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Shannon. Hello, how are you? Great. So that middle schooler who's figured out how to buy phones cheap and then sell them for more money to classmates, what do you think that kid's going to end up being? You think he's going to end up being a billionaire someday? That kind of entrepreneur? Absolutely. (laughs) How can I be of service to you? So I've been working on my credit score. Um, I got a new job an hour and a half away from my home, so I've been commuting since July. So I'm looking to buy a house. So I got on Credit Karma, saw where I needed to work. The problem is I think I messed up. because What's wrong? it's like, Well, because of my credit score, I could only get like a $500 credit limit. So it's like, hey, you're approved for this. And then you know, now I have applied too many times. Oh, for credit uh, cards. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I mean, I still don't have a lot, but I did so much in such a little time. Um, I'm still approved for a house. So now it's just house looking. But my question for you is, is I got one in the mail that you talk about all the time. And I have this other one that's a 300 limit. It's paid off. There's zero balance on it. But they don't have any kind of um, credit increase program. So I'm just stuck at that 300. And so I'm, I'm not using it. It's just like they're, but I don't know how well that looks. And it's just stuck at 300. Well, but it's but an established line of credit. Your utilization on it is zero. So that's not a bad thing, because when okay. you were using it, you were paying on time every month, I'm guessing. Yep. I have a system from listening to you. I put money aside every month. I make the minimum payment. They're all on auto pay, so I'll never forget it. Um, but then um, I take money out of every check, and I pick a credit card and pay that money on that card. So it's, I've had things come up, truck issues, whatever, tires it needed. So they got used. So um, I have my system that I'm paying them down. Everything's under 20% usage rate now. Okay. You you took me right to where I wanted to go, (laughs) which is your utilization. Uh, In order to boost your score, it needs to be below 30%. If you're down at 20, it's helping your credit score. What kind of number would you guess you're at now from monitoring on Credit Karma? Well, Credit Karma, it's, it's a little bit different than running for a house I found. Right. Um, credit Karma says I'm at 660. And uh, the, the, credit, the mortgage sorry. mortgage credit score then, is it like 630, 625? Yeah, I was 628. Okay. They have to go by the middle one, and that one was 628. Okay. And that's enough for you with many lenders to qualify for an FHA loan? Right. Okay. And I'm doing it through my credit union. I did get the, went through my older brother, got in a credit union and I have a card from them. There's my my highest limit. But I have one that you send. You talk about it all the time. The double cash back. Oh, the city uh, double cool. cash. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know if I should go ahead and get that one because it's a lower interest rate on any of the other ones. That no, I'm don't do it till after you have closed on your home. Okay. Because uh, you know the applications for credit close to when you're buying a home can get the mortgage underwriters say, ah, there's something here with Shannon. We're not going to do this with her. So you don't want to upset anything by applying for any new credit now. Okay. But once you're established in your home and all that, then it's fine for you to get the city double cash. But the double cash is only useful 
if you never run a balance on it. Gotcha. Yeah, they send like a, a little booklet so you can see, and I'm reading through it. And I'm like, okay, well, I get it. <laughs> but I always heard you talk about it, so I just wanted to check with you. I didn't know if I should cancel that 300 you card. No, definitely keep that open because it's helping you. It's showing a line of credit that's aging. It's showing that your utilization is helping your overall utilization rates. And I'm really impressed with you having had difficulty with credit, how you're working step-by-step step to rebuild and yeah, you've got and new honestly, I've never needed credit. Um, I was married, um, which he ruined my credit. Um, but then, you know, I got divorced, maybe with my parents, raised my son, dated a guy. So he took everything, care of everything. So I didn't have to have any credit. I lived with him. He paid our rent. Now I'm 44 years old. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I got to do something. <laughs> well, now you're standing on your own two feet, and it sounds like you're doing it pretty well. So yep, next is 401k. I'll get that set up and I'll be on my way. <laughs> I love this. You know, you don't, you don't conquer everything in a day and you're doing step by step. You're uh, teaching yourself the tools to have a really solid credit record. You're moving towards buying that house. You're looking to the next step of uh, establishing long-term savings for your retirement. This is excellent. This is great and inspiring, Shannon. Andrea or Andrea? Is it Andrea or Andrea yeah. is with us? Andrea. 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 I had a 50-50 shot and I still got it wrong, <laughs> didn't I? Yes. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Long-time listener, so thank you very much for taking my call. Certainly. The scoop is that my daughter's band and several other bands that are friends with us have been using a particular crowdfunding site uh, specifically for artists, and um, over the last couple of years, there have started to be some problems, specifically around January of this year, and payments started getting withheld, even though um, campaigns had raised tens of thousands of dollars, um, some even close to $100,000, and the um, the company has been withholding payments, and now... Oh, you can um, name them. This is a news story. Go ahead and just name who we're talking about. Okay, yeah, Pledge um, Pledge Music. Yeah, so Pledge Music has been in financial trouble for a while. The whole mm -hmm. idea of it was that independent bands that were not at a point in their uh, band life that mm -hmm. they could be under the umbrella of a, one of the big labels were out there... Uh, trying to really make it. And so this was a kind of like a crowdfunding kind of platform for exactly. music yes. acts. And they'd been trying to sell it. They failed. And there's millions of dollars collectively mm -hmm. that Hundreds artists of millions, are out. Actually, they, they have some really big names now because people are choosing to do this instead of being with record labels. Um, but, but the newest, and I'm sure you probably know this, but they, um, the CEO announced, um, sort of sketchily, not through their site, but has announced that they're in the British equivalent of bankruptcy. They just announced that on Thursday. All right. So let me tell you what happens. I'm not going to be the bearer of particularly good news. In the British version of bankruptcy, it doesn't always, but generally leads towards just a straight liquidation. They don't, right. what businesses do what so often is done here, which is a chapter seven where a business is given protection from its creditors 
and they're given an opportunity to reorganize and try to stay in business. So in our system, the idea is to try to keep the business alive. In the British system, the idea is to shut it down immediately, do an accounting, Mm -hmm. and see how much money can be paid back to people who are owed money. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's possible possible that someone will want to save it and will come Mm -hmm. forward to do so, but... I mean, who knows? Because it's right. very rare. Like I think about when an airline goes bust in Britain, they're just mm-hmm. done. And when an airline goes right. bust in the United States, they just have one life after another after another. And they, <laughs> some of them have been right. bankrupt three times and they're still flying. So right. it is a different business method of dealing with insolvency. Right. It's just so, uh, you know, the fans are just so, well, the bands, of course, are, you know, getting messed up, but also the, the tens of thousands of fans who've donated to their bands. I mean, it, it's it's crazy to everyone because it's like the only thing they have to do is to keep all the donated money in escrow, but yet they clearly spent it. And in their terms of service, it states that no money will be spent. It'll all be held on account. And clearly they did not do that. So I know that the British Musicians Union is trying to um, bring criminal charges. But in the meantime, a lot of the artists are trying to just get the word out to everyone um, that they should try to have their fans get uh, credit back from, the, you know, charge it as a fraudulent charge on the credit oh, card. Oh, do it as a chargeback. That's, that's yeah. an interesting concept. I've not seen that in any of the stories about pledge music, but that is that is a smart idea if you have contributed to a crowdfunding for a band you love right, and for yeah. the bands themselves, it's going to be a while, not as long as it is in the United States, but it'll be a while, probably months before it's clear if there's mm-hmm. money that's going to come out of this to reimburse right. bands partially for the money that's been held. And right. I wish I had a much more positive rosy picture I could draw, but unfortunately I can't in this case. It's time for Clark.com slash ask. It's where you post a question for me. We answer them many different ways, including where producer Joel asks your question for you. All right, Clark. Justin had one. He says, Clark, I remember you saying that you spend hours a day reading the news from tons of major news outlets. How many news outlets do you subscribe to? What's a good frugal, not necessarily free, way to get good quality news for someone who is willing to spend some money to get that good quality news? So the news industry has changed so much as there there are so few people that will pay anymore, and it's led to having very few winners and a large number of losers in uh, the traditional news gathering and print business. Think of traditional newspapers, but now so much we do is digital. So I tend to pay big money to subscribe to financial publications that have been winners in the process. I read Barron's Magazine every week, very expensive. I read the Financial Times of London six days a week, costs a fortune to subscribe to. I subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times. Those are the ones that I pay for. There are many other publications that I read Uh, at least a few times a week, uh, the Denver Post, 
the uh, let's see what else the um, I read Market Watch every day. I subscribe to and read Kiplinger magazine every month and read it online. The Detroit Free Press, Detroit News to know what's going on in the automotive business. Dallas Morning News till they cut me off each month for saying I've read too many free articles. The Sun Sentinel newspaper out of South Florida till they cut me off each month. The Orlando Orlando Sentinel till they cut me off each month. So I read publications from all over the country that are free to a limit till you hit the paywall. I also read the Guardian newspaper from England, which writes a lot of great consumer stories. So all of this is to gather as much knowledge as I can to share with you. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. So the wallet, you. That's the goal, is to serve you with advice and information that you can put to work in your life to improve your financial life, to reduce anxiety in your life. But there are times you'll hear advice or guidance from me that you feel I missed the mark, that I gave bad advice, or that my opinions are just dumb. I need to hear from you when that happens. And that's why we have Clark.com slash Clark Stinks, where you can post where you feel, I did blow it. And other people can see your post, they can comment on it, they can agree with you, they can disagree with you. And then weekly, our producer, Krista, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares her favorites right here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, let's get started. On a recent podcast, there was a question about if there's a time during an interviewing window that's best to interview, and there definitely is. It's near the end of the interviewing process. There are four reasons for it. One, Being too busy to interview until near the end will suggest you're a high-value, in-demand candidate. Two, the interviewer is usually nervous at the beginning of the interviewer process, and by the end, he or she is more comfortable. Three, at the beginning of the interview process, the interviewer asks general questions and not specific to the job. By the end of the interviewing process, he or she has honed the questions and so asks what's most relevant and needed. Four, it's easier to remember things we've recently done. So remembering back amongst the candidates, the last candidates are the ones that will come easiest to mind. As for time of day, yes, before lunch is best, but it's better if you can choose a day and time when things are winding down for the interviewer and he or she is most relaxed. That's usually on Fridays in the early afternoon or the day prior to a holiday. And as a side note, as yourself, I'm a fellow service member. I'm left-handed and wait for it. I was born on June 20th too. Thank you for all you do, Jim. Jim, thank you for those great suggestions. And do we have the best birthday of the year, except for maybe people on June 21st? We got the most daylight each year living in the Northern Hemisphere. By the way, on that topic about when is best time of day, did you see the thing that you should never get medical service in the afternoon? Mm -hmm. That you always want to get medical service in the morning because... Medical providers are beat in the afternoon and they miss things. All right. Hi, Clark. I always hear you talk about using a 529 plan to fund educational expenses for your children 
or other named beneficiaries. However, I don't believe I've ever heard you mention that most Roth IRAs allow for you to withdraw contributions and earnings, both tax and penalty-free, if they're used for education. Though 529 is a great way to do this as well, it seems that the Roth IRA can accomplish the same thing with a much greater level of flexibility. My thoughts are that if I start funding a Roth and my intended beneficiary decides not to need any educational funding, I can still use the funds for my own retirement. Whereas with a 529, I'd have to find someone to give that money to and could never use it myself. That is exactly the strategy that I recommend with one exception. So you always want to fund your own retirement first. It gives you much more flexibility I always want you to fund a Roth, even max out your 401k if you have one at work, before you put any money in a 529, because there are lots of ways to pay for college. There's no other way to pay for your own retirement than what you create as savings. But the 529 plan in a number of states has a state tax benefit for putting money in, and that state tax benefit combined with the fact that the 529 money comes out tax-free, earns tax-free and comes out tax-free, makes it superior than the Roth up to the amount that the state tax credit is worth each year. Sometimes you use a name with which I'm not familiar, then go on to talk about the product or company, but I did not have time to write it down. Sometimes it's a made-up word and I have to guess how to spell it. If you use these confusing words, please spell them, say them slowly, or even just repeat it, Denny. Denny, thank you. You know, a lot of people feel I talk too slowly already, (laughs) so I'll have to really think through how to do that. Uh, I've had podcasters tell me that they routinely run my podcast at 1.4, and then I sound like a normal person talking. All right, PMI stinks, and this time, so do you. A lady called in asking about canceling PMI because her home loan ratio, home to loan ratio, was lower than 80%, and her mortgage company has to allow her an appraisal from one of their approved appraisers. If they wouldn't, she should contact the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. I was in the same situation, so I found some hope in this. When I went to the CFPB website, it states, You can ask to cancel PMI earlier if you have made additional payments that reduce the principal balance of your mortgage to 80% of the original value of your home. For this purpose, original value generally means either the contract sales price or the appraised value of your home at the time you purchased it, whichever is lower. They are not required to drop PMI based on the current value, only the appraised value at the time of purchase or refi. Joshua. Joshua, I don't know exactly what kind of loan you have, but actually uh, most conventional loans, which is those done by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you are allowed to appraise out a PMI after you've been in the loan for a while and you have on an on-time payment record. Typically with most lenders, you have to be in your loan two years before you can appraise out. But again, that depends on the loan you have. And it's a standard operating procedure with lenders that you are able to have an appraisal done from one of their appraisers and then remove the PMI. There is no such thing for FHA loans, however. Clark, you don't stink, but you definitely missed the mark on the podcast featuring a stepmother 
with a daughter suddenly wanting to transfer out of one of the nation's military colleges. Yes, the military is a fantastic way to improve one's career prospects, but our military academies and boot camps are also rife with sexual harassment and assault. It's troubling to think about it, but it's something this stepmother should be aware of before pressuring her daughter to stay in an environment that may be unsafe. For a gifted and diligent young woman to suddenly want to leave her academy is a major red flag, and the stepmother should try to find out what's really going on with her daughter before making any other moves. Signed, sadly seen it before. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry about that. And that's a perspective I did not think about. That one call has had so many people stop me to want to talk about that call with other people saying, you know, keep encouraging her to stay in the service academy. And so it's been it's been a very polarizing call and it hit very, very strong emotions in many people. That is a different perspective on the issue of sexual harassment. I don't at all think Clark stinks, but there was a caller this week who said he had a small amount in credit card debt with a high percentage rate. Clark told him to do a personal loan to get a lower rate. I was hoping Clark would tell him to shop around for a 0% interest and 0% transfer fee credit card instead. I think that would have been the better option. Look forward to longer car rides because of your show. Keep up the great work, Matt. Matt, thank you. And and that is a standard suggestion. And I don't know why I didn't make that suggestion in that particular call. At Clark.com, we have some companies that do 0% balance transfer without a balance transfer fee. Those are getting pretty hard to find now as the credit card companies have become more frightened of balance transfer because delinquency rates are unfortunately rising on credit cards. Hey, Clark, we appreciate your show and have both learned and implemented many of our, your ideas, but I have to say you're a little ripe in your promotion of mail order glasses for a lot of your listeners. For some people, and Clark's waving his mail order glasses right now, <laughs> <laughs> For some people... But I'm walking into walls because oh, I can't see with them, right? Getting an order for mail order glasses is a bit onerous. What you are not reiterating to them is that they also need their interpupillary distance measurement, which is obtainable, as you have mentioned, from their optometrist along with their prescription. But most importantly, what you did not mention is that for bifocals, you need to figure where the bifocal grind or Verilux onset adjustment will be placed on the lens. This varies from the eyeglasses frame shape along with how they sit on your face. I think you should mention this to your callers if they need something other than single vision lenses and continue to recommend glasses from Costco or Walmart where the fitters there will measure your pupil distance and also the onset lens placement for the bifocal adjustments. Other than this, keep up the great work for your listeners. Best regards, Doug. Doug, thank you for that suggestion. And the idea of buying glasses from Zenni or one of the other online sellers of glasses, most people use that as a way to order a backup pair, although there are others that use them for their primary pair of glasses. It's a much simpler process, exactly as you stated, when somebody's wearing single vision glasses. It becomes more complicated when you get into progressives or bifocals. Are you okay has someone kidnapped and replaced you with a mutant Clark? I only ask because I just read your newsletter article, Experian Boost Review. 
How two bills helped me raise my credit score nine points. And I can't believe that you are recommending sharing bank account information with anyone, let alone a company with a history of data breaches. Could nine or 10 points added to anyone's credit score really be worth the risk? Alicia. Wow. Alicia, it is it is so difficult with the credit bureaus and what happened in this country with, well, in other countries as well, with the unbelievable negligence of Equifax with the data breach, they had two-thirds of us as American adults are at risk of extreme identity theft for the rest of our lives. And so I, I understand what you're saying. There are people that are trying every way they can to get their score up some, and I Maybe in our story on that, we should have something in there about the risks of providing yet another layer of information to the credit bureau system. And for me to talk so much about the breaches and then just talk about, hey, this is a way to raise your score without referring to that probably is an oversight. Recently, you said that the only time to purchase Southwest gift cards is when you pay less than the face value. However, grocery stores like King's Supers, owned by Kroger, offer double or quadruple gas points on gift cards. Though I haven't done this with Southwest gift cards, when I selected a refrigerator from Lowe's, I went down the street to King's Supers and came back to Lowe's with gift cards. I ended up with so many gas points that I was able to fill up multiple times with the full $1 off per gallon and essentially got $90 in free gas. The only risk is that if you return the item, you'll only get store credit. So often I will get smaller denominations of gift cards to make purchases in stores and restaurants. But I just wanted to let you know that there is more than just one situation that buying gift cards can be beneficial. John. John, I love the way you're playing the system. That is great. And it's funny how often there will be an in-store promotion that will say in bold type, does not include gift card purchases because... They don't want you to be able to do that gaming. But if the Kroger subsidiary allows you to do that, then more power to you. That's great. And you're using them right away, which is one right, of the things right. you worry about. Yeah, because the problem with breakage, where you buy a gift card because you got some kind of promotional value from it, and then you forget you had it, wow. I mean, that's when you thought you were saving money, but you end up costing yourself. I appreciate all your posts. If there's something I've done that has not worked for you or you feel I've given somebody bad advice or guidance, please go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks and let me know. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Keith is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Keith, you are about to share with us an incredible story of customer no service. I'm afraid so. I was given a gift card to a restaurant that uh, is in our city, and there are restaurants throughout the southeast in different cities. Um, So my daughter gave me a gift card, and we went to the restaurant, and our bill was less than the gift card uh, amount. And when our server came back to the table, he thanked us for being there and said, oh, and by the way, we have a one-time swipe policy here, and so we will not be able to give you the rest of your money. You will not be given credit. You will just, I said, so what happens? And he just kind of shrugged. He said, I guess it just goes back in the pocket of the company. So I thought, is this a new trend, a new policy? And I was just interesting, interested to ask if you had ever heard of that. I'm infuriated to hear it, and I'm looking right now at the restaurant chain's uh, coupon um, gift card site, and I'm clicking through. Nowhere is there anything that says that you forfeit unused amounts from a single visit. Well, and on the site, it says that gift cards have a 100% satisfaction guarantee, I guess, That's for the restaurant's benefit. (laughs) But um, they also offer a $500 gift card. So if it had been $500, would I have? You would have have spent $30 (laughs) and lost $470? Yeah, really. All right. So are you sure this was their policy and not maybe a server who didn't know the drill? I can only go by what the, the server said. And he said his manager, he was told that by his manager. All right, so have you contacted the company? I have not. All right, I'm looking, and there is a phone number that comes up right away. It's a toll number, not a toll-free. But absolutely, I would call in, and I would like to put you back on the air after you've talked to them, because if there is such a policy, it's not disclosed anywhere. Exactly. And money that's unredeemed, in my understanding should go to the state that you live in, not to them, is unclaimed money. But hang on just a second. We're going to give you the phone number that I found. I'd love for you to call them, and then we're going to circle back with you and see what you have found out. So you didn't talk to a manager before you left that night? We didn't. The service was not great, and so just not ruin our evening. We thought, okay, just Just move on. But then later you were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so hang on. We're going to give you that number, and let's see what the company actually says, because if they're going to do a policy like that, absolutely it needs to be fully and completely disclosed, which I'm looking right now. It's not. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.